This week on the Last Game Podcast, we'll be talking about the crazy blood fest that is Mandy. And of course, speaking of blood, lots of blood has been shed because a new Halloween has arrived. Stay tuned. Welcome to another episode of the Last King Podcast. This time, we're actually going to introduce ourselves at the beginning. Induce, introduce. I already fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> one more time, one more time. No, 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 we're carrying on. So, welcome to the Halloween Spooktacular. I am, of course, Shafiq, along with my co-hosts. Eccentric Tom. And this is Mr. Toffee, oh talking God, all the way from Malaysia. And finally, Woo-hoo! all three in the same room. It's been a while. In the same virtual room, actually. In the yeah. same virtual room. Yeah, the holodeck is at maximum uh, function right now. Thank you for breaking the fourth wall again. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, boys and girls, tis the season to be scary. It is Halloween. Halloween is upon us right now. Everybody is in full uh, spectacular fashion. So what are your plans for Halloween, boys? I'm going to stay at home and watch Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Castlevania has finally dropped. How about you, uh, Mr. Toffee? I'm going to stay home with my pals and watch the chilling advent- ad- adventures of Sabrina. Your pals? Your pals? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I have people who actually watch this shit. John, and stuffed true. animals do not count as people. No, no, I'm talking about real people, real friends here. Come okay. on. Real you ghouls? Know that. <laughs> well, not but imaginary ghouls friends. Shop properly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we went there already, yeah? Yes, yes. It's, a, it's nice to have the band back together. Exactly. So yeah, to yeah, speak. yeah. Well, my plans basically, I'll just be, you know, trying not to get caught bearing more bodies. Oh. So anyway, speaking of bodies, okay, we got uh, a movie that came out very early in the year. Actually, no, it's mid of this year. Came actually. out in September. Came out in September. At least that's it, when I uh, went on the way mission to go see it. Yeah, and we were holding out till the proper time to be talking about it. Of course, we were talking about uh, the very surreal and cerebral Mandy. Mandy! And, yeah. uh, of course... Um, the very heavy metal-inspired Mandy, too. Dude, yes, the visuals and, like, you know, the fonts choices. It's like, you know, yes. I appreciate this for what it is. Uh, and I think, not, not what a better time than Halloween for us to be talking about this latest uh, offering from Pasnos Cosmotos. Is, did I get the name right? Yeah. His did. father yes. did some big movie. His father did drugs. <laughs> a lot of His drugs. His father did drugs, but he also... <laughs> and he so also, did his son. He also worked on, like, some proper big movies. I think so, yeah. And I can't I think, remember what they are exactly. Like, his previous movie was Behind or Beyond the Black Rainbow, which was... It had Beyond the re- Black Rainbow, yes. Yeah, Beyond correct. the Black Rainbow. It had mixed reviews. I watched it. I kind of enjoyed it, but I saw the potential. Mm-hmm. So I was very... I wouldn't say adamant, but I would say, like, you know... I wouldn't even say skeptical, but when I walked in, like, to Mandy, I wasn't thinking so much about the director's previous film, more about the trailer I saw. And the thing is, the trailer, not as... You know what? Understated is not the right word to use. <laughs> it's it's something. It it, it, it it knocks your jaws out of the ballpark. Just yeah, it, surprising you with whatever craziness it shows from beginning to end. But it is the first insane. Thing, like the first thirty seconds of the trailer, you can't see shit because it's all dark and it's like a little bit of red. Dude, the movie, the movie's a lot a lot dark too. Yeah, but well, at least it was you know well lit when I was watching it. Okay. But uh, yeah, um, well, I think you can tell from how we're talking about it. I think we all love this movie. Yep. We loved it a lot. I mean, not just from a visual standpoint, but also in its really odd way of telling its From a Nicolas Cage story. standpoint yeah. is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and and the, the strange thing is, right, I think it is true, especially with movies like Mandy, that it, Nicolas Cage, it, with the right director, can actually deliver pretty... Well, okay, all his performances are over the top. Yeah, but hey, remember, it's Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage. Yes, Academy Award winner. Like, dude, I mean, you... Okay, let's just go through what, the career highlights, like Raising Arizona. Leaving uh, Vampire Vegas. something, right? Vampire Kiss, was it? Vampire's Kiss? Oh, yes. man. A, B, C. Yes. And, of course, Ghost Rider. <laughs> the most uh, no, well-known no, 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 no. Let's, go, let's go back, let's go back. That's also Face Off, I recall. Yeah. Face Off? I mean, in terms of crazy Nicolas Cage acting... Bits. How about the national treasure that is National Treasure? <laughs> and also the other national treasure, the remake of The Wicker Man 2000. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think, I think enough podcasts have made that reference. Okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a perfect example of, like, I wouldn't say reigning in Nicolas Cage, but channeling him would be something like Kick Ass, where he plays Big Daddy. Oh, yeah. 
Like, that's the perfect example of... That's how to use Nicolas Cage properly. Yeah, add some heart to his craziness. You exactly. Know? Like, and that's direction. what Mandy does very well. It gives him the motivation that we all can stand behind. Yeah, and they, they're able to make him rein in the full-on Nick Cage until halfway through the movie. And when, you know, we need... It's kind of like, you know, when a werewolf transitions. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, when... I don't know, like the blue moon rises, the full Nicolas Cage appears. So are you talking about this is what we're looking for? Nicholas uncaged? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'll not make that joke ever again. So okay, let's go around the table. Uh Mr. Toffee, what are your thoughts about Mandy? I loved it a lot. I mean it's a it's a revenge flick that I can get behind. I mean the last time I actually enjoyed a revenge film, like really, let's probably Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Oh wow. And that had a lot of talking. Which was good, but at the same time, it also balanced out the action. This one is more playing towards its art style, its heavy metal um, visuals, the, the quirky and crazy biker characters, and what the madness that Nick Cage go through with the cult and the bikers and stuff. And the fact that, you know, they, were, they actually established that bit before, you know, the, the, the turning point that happens where you got the title character and you've got the lumberjack himself, Nicolas Cage, you know, Putting in the context to why he needs to go through this journey, what happens after halfway through, and why was revenge needed for this entire story and all that. So without spoiling the entire film, it's a heck of a ride, to say the least. I mean, at least from my standpoint, I mean, it, it, it tells a lot without saying much at all, or even little. I mean, you see, I mean, yes, you can tell from the motive, I mean, the, all these words and all that, the, especially the story time bit when uh, Nicolas Cage and Mandy were, you know, on the bed together and then there's that whole panning shot, all that, just tells that story without really using words at all. I mean, there are still, you know, a bit of exposition and dialogue here, but at the same time, it just takes a backseat to what ev- how everything unfolds with the imagery and stuff. Okay. I mean, you guys agree with that bit? I mean, at the very least, with the, how the visuals... I mean, I agree partly with what you said. Because it's definitely a triumph of visual storytelling. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people might claim... I mean, this movie came out stellar reviews. Basically, oh, yeah. it's doing very well Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think people, 90%. I think people were surprised by how many people went to see it. Mm. Because it was initially a very limited release because, yeah. you know, Nicolas Cage isn't the bankable star he used to be. Uh, but then people were like we want to see this movie so they had to desperately try and find people to go you know release this movie and like you know distribute it mm-hmm. and I think uh, the Alamo in the States were the ones that, like really pushed it yeah I agree I mean like I think the mistake a lot of people make especially when it comes to reviewing this movie is that a lot of them I mean most of the detractors will say that it's style over substance but that's not the point yeah. I would say like this I mean uh, in agreement with uh, Mr. Toffee is like it is purest visual storytelling mm-hmm. done very well and like it's the perfect use of colors the perfect use of transitions the perfect use of framing and definitely um it's i would say it's a very lean movie because it has exactly what you need to push the story along and it doesn't try to overburden things with like um you know stuff like dialogue or character development I I think that's a little bit unfair. There's definitely character development for Nicolas Cage and also for the crazy cult leader. Yeah. And yeah, but it's basic. It's at its basic core like without over explaining too many things yeah, right. at all. Yeah. And the main thing which I really appreciate about this movie is that they take their time to make you care about the two mates. Like it is a bit of a slow start, which I think actually makes the movie better because you have a chance to really see Nicolas Cage and What's the name of the actress? Um, oh, Riceboro. Yeah, Andrea Riceboro. Yeah. Like, you just see him be together and just live together. Mm-hmm. And you can start to see why Mandy is so intoxicating for Nicolas Cage and later the cult leader. Like, it's Andrea Riceboro without, you know, all the usual uh, makeup and, you know, all the no. stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not very familiar with the work. What has she done previously that might have seen her in? <sighs> she was in something Stalin. Uh... The Death of Stalin, which came out last year. I heard a good. I heard good things. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. not she's not huge, but she's been around, and uh, you've probably seen her before, but mm. I can't remember the film off the top of my head. But yeah, here, um, like she wouldn't be what would say. And I'm saying this, you know, with the utmost respect. She's not classically beautiful in this movie. I think she has a very ethereal quality to but her that works. That's the point. Like, it's not the kind of thing like you know the blonde bombshell or like you know whatever other thing we tend to see in you know lesser movies in this one yeah. you it sells entirely on her personality and just 
there's something really special about her which kind of makes you be captivated by her and so when uh things change in the movies you really feel for nicholas cage when the tragedy happens like when he receives the gut punch which accelerates him to the second half of the movie you're right there alongside him going like i want these people to suffer for you know doing what they did I mean, okay, spoilers are plenty. For all of you Last King fans who hasn't seen this movie, please yeah. find some way to see it. I think Pause, it's, watch this it movie. is really hard to find It's out on places. streaming and Blu-ray as of now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it might be on iTunes. Uh, I haven't checked, but I think it will be very soon. So just, you know. I think the projector might be showing it in Singapore. In Singapore? only limited. I think not. Yeah. The, it, yeah, it might still be showing at the projector, yeah. but I think... Nah, I don't think the projector is the, the best audience for these kind of films. Uh. No, they're a little bit too hoity-toity. Yeah, but I mean, then again, like, okay, tell you what, let's talk about the cast besides Nicolas Cage. Like, one of the highlights definitely for me is uh, Miss Riceboro as Mandy. And the thing is, right, such a beautifully understated performance. Oh, yeah. And the mm-hmm. thing is, right, just like Tom Hardy, she just acts with her eyes. And the way they just glisten and look at you is like, wow, you know? And the thing is, yeah, you can just literally drown in those pupils. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, I mean... Also, like the moment I fell in love with her, dude, the choice in band t-shirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chick with long black hair, wearing the black saddle, taking a stroll in the forest all by herself. Oof. <laughs> She's reading pulpy 80s fantasy uh, novels. And her choice can... in cartoons. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> That's... Uh, she's a graphic artist. It's like, you know... That's the dream girl right there. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean... And also, I think we should also give props to, uh, I think, what's his name? Uh, Linus Roach. The Linus Jared, Roach uh, the, as the cult leader? Yeah, the cult he leader. He was magnificent. Really? Yeah. As, you know, the ultimate narcissist yeah. cult leader. Yeah. He was just... Who ends up getting deflated through and through. Yeah. Deflated and emasculated. Yes. I love there that scene so much. Yeah, it's, yep. it's a wonderful moment. Well, just wonderful seeing him because he truly believes that he is who he is, but then you realize like outside of like the group of what, five people that follow him mm-hmm. he is the most insignificant just yeah, idiot insecure yeah around. guy yeah definitely i mean also i mean speaking of casting right i mean they don't do much but even the supporting characters the side characters like the way the costume designer and the makeup artist got them to look the way they did oh yeah and yep. he looked at them and it's like as i said like visual story at its best is like when you see it and you understand totally what this is about yeah, I mean, you know I mean, I just want to say there were scenes of this movie where it looked like a goddamn oil painting. Definitely. Like something the Dutch masters would uh, come up with. Just Influenced by heavy metal, yeah. <laughs> heavy metal, uh, the, the music genre, or heavy metal, the uh, comic series? No, no, no. The, I would say music, heavy metal in the terms of like every, not, not say every, but most of the shots in this film would be beautiful album covers. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, we're there just looking go. at Dio's entire oeuvre. Did you just pronounce Dio Dio? Whatever. <laughs> His name is Dio. 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 doesn't care. Fans do. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> you want to get beat up on screen, Dio yo. means God in Italian. Yeah. So that's what he—that's his name, Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> Careful. Yes. But, but anyway, like yeah, speaking I just of got threatened live on there. Speaking of which, like you know, okay, I mean, let's talk about the oral landscapes that was presented to us because basically, I fell in love with um, how it escalated because mm-hmm. like in the first half of the movie, it had a very you know, like 80s synth-heavy Vangelis Blade Runner style of like, Vangelis, that's the word I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah, like when you were then, listening yeah. to it, you think like, okay, you know, and the thing is, I have a problem with a lot of these four new retrowave kind of movies, especially with the overuse of purples and pinks and blues to kind of like force you into like, I mean, okay, the only moment where I had doubts was in the very first frame when the title called uh, was basically, it read 1983 AD. And mm-hmm. like, okay, it's like banking on like, you know, that Stranger Things things. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, it's, everything has to be in the 80s because the 80s was better. You know, but also at the same time, it's like, okay, so here comes the Vangelist theme and here comes all the kind of heavy metal imagery. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just like, you know, uh, you know, put the cynicism aside and just like let this movie, you know, do its thing. And I was glad I did it because like, the thing is, once you fully surrender yourself to Mandy, and you allow the things to just happen in front of you and it's like this is some of the most fun I've had in the cinema in a long time this is the only movie I saw in the cinema twice this year really I had to Damn, see it again very on the rare, big screen dude. it's like basically it's, it's very rare for a movie to make me like I need to watch that again on the big screen like I kind of want to see what would happen if we 
put it on IMAX. I mean, they didn't never do it because they would not be able to make the money back. But, but the, 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 the thing is, it's called, it's uh, what do you call it's ratio. It's a score. Oh, the aspect ratio isn't. It's not really it. good for IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, busy. But you know what? Uh, and the thing is, when I mentioned that the Blu-ray came out, it's like I am very convinced to go buy the 4K version of this thing. Like you know, this would be a beast to own because basically it's the kind of movie that you don't even need to pay attention to. You can just have it, put it on in the background, and like do something else. And you just like look up at just the right moments. And then like there it is, you know. Oh hey, it's a cock. <laughs> 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 you know what? Brave nudity on uh, everybody's part. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we've been talking a lot about the music, and I think it's worth mentioning that, unfortunately, the guy who mixed this music. This was his, the last movie he worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he passed away. Passed away yeah. on a drug overdose, unfortunately. Dude, I mean, like from the Evangelist inspired early beginnings to the very heavy, like doom laden. Like I, I was having sun and like sleep vibes. Sun and sleep are bands. I'm sorry. Okay. For all you guys who don't listen to stoner rock or doom metal, it's like especially when it kicks off and then you hear a drum on the soundtrack when you hear the, yeah. the bashing of the toms and everything, and it's like. Okay, let's go. You know what's gonna happen now, and it just goes full on crazy. Like, I mean, let's just you want to straight away go into the action, <laughs> of which the, it, there is the second half of the film that mattered. Yeah, yeah, we should, we should. dude. Yeah. Like when he whipped out, like when he goes up against, uh, wait, no, when he first has to confide with the mentor figure, which is necessary in these movies, which I don't understand. But you know, Bill Duke himself from Predator. Oh yeah, <laughs> there <laughs> yes. he is. And he's like, I'm here to take back the what? The, what's the name of the crossbow? He had a very, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. It was like some. I'm here to take my the crossbow back. Oh yeah, there it is. And then like he asks this very simple question. He's like, What are you hunting? And then like, that's when you see the switch turn on when Nicholas Cage. They they burned her alive. <laughs> they yeah. lit her on fire. <laughs> well, you know, I'm happy to see Bill Duke is still getting work. You know, yeah. Although Stop. I kind of feel like they just went into his trailer. That's actually where he is. <laughs> <laughs> Except they put all the red lights and everything and all the... Yeah, just no, get the lighting all right. That's how he lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> we love you, Bill Duke, you know. Anyway, um... And my then, favorite shiny man. My, you know what? He was very shiny. My favorite hit explosion. Yeah. No, no, yes. My second favorite hit explosion. The first one is still Scanners. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Scanners still has the best hit explosion. And, I mean, so... Then we see the rampage that is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, first in the drug house of the bikers. Mm-hmm. And how satisfying is that scene? Especially yes, when yes. he stops in the middle of a fight to just snort a huge line of coke <laughs> <laughs> and it carries on fighting. No, but didn't they also kind of say like this is the home, like the guy who actually makes the drugs is like is a bit stronger than what normal people do. Yeah. Which is what converts these like normal bikers into the, the kind of like grizzly mutants they become. Yeah, like they have to like yeah. stick nails in their faces to feel anything anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like like a higher like a higher plane of existence for mutants. And then the <laughs> thing is, is like that's what unlocks full one hundred percent Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think also the colors change as well for that point in the movie. Like it becomes more surreal. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the thing is, like, one thing, one of the complaints I have is like, there's a lot of flicker that goes on in this. Yeah. Which you know, I mean, especially if you watch this in a cinema. I mean, if you're, if you do suffer from some of that epilepsy, probably not recommended. Yeah. Yeah. But that, then, that, that the movie needs a warning. It, it needs a warning of sorts. <laughs> yeah. It's well, I think you need a warning for watching this movie. But also, yes. I would say this, right? I appreciate Mandy totally because it is a... It's the, it's the kind of assault on the senses I haven't seen since Fury Road. You yes. know what I mean? Where it's, yeah. a, it's a movie where it doesn't do too much to explain things. It just happens. Yeah, it's like, this is the world. You're either along for the ride or you're not. If you're not, there's a door. If you are, come sit down and just enjoy the insanity. I won't say it's like a huge overload of the senses because there are breaks in Mandy as well. Like, I mean, obviously at the beginning because there's a sort of slow start. And Fury Road also has its, you know, quiet moments. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, what I'm trying to say is that it's paced well. I mean, yeah. it, okay, it does yeah. have, it's it does well. allow you to breathe. It doesn't just strangle you from the start and then like you know, not lose its grip. But also at the same time. I mean, you do have moments of like you know, uh, solace and solitude where we just kind of think like think things down a notch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say this like I mean, this is also total um, praise to the, to the director mm-hmm. because then it's like this is a director who has a strong sense of dynamics. Yeah. Where he understands right before you do the gut punch, you gotta kind of fake him out a little bit once in a while, and also at the same time, it's just like you know, 
as heavy metal like a good like how do you make things sound louder you need to play something soft first yeah mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean so it lulls you in unexpectedly and then it just you know and then when it unleashes like yeah that's the best thing like I would say you know what it's, it's, it reminds me of like you know doing the heavy metal reference this is like the equivalent of Stairway to Heaven where it yeah. lulls you with a nice acoustic melody and it just ramps up and ramps up and once the drums kick in just like yep. when the drums kick in for the movie and it just crescendos beautifully in this spectacular like you know <laughs> visual feast of just blood and purple and pink all over and it's yeah. like I've not been transfixed by a movie like this in a long time Ooh, there you go uh, you know even when I'm some unfortunately a lot of movies I've been seeing like sometimes I'll just have a look at my scene like Okay, how much longer do I have left? Like, do I need to, like, you know, like, take a pause? This one is just like, I'm not missing a single second of this gorgeous insanity. Yeah, it's two hours in, and it's a two hour flick, right? It didn't feel like two hours. It didn't That's feel like two hours at all. Yeah. And it's a very it's the, scant story. It's the second yeah. movie this year which doesn't make me think that, oh my god, two hours have passed. Mm, there you go. I'm oh, I gotta ask, um, how is this compared days. to Beyond the Black Rainbow, though? I mean, since it's the same director and all. Have you guys seen Beyond the Black Rainbow? I did. It's I, yeah, fine. Yeah. How does that compare? I mean, it's a story. you know what, Mandy is a it's a step in the right direction because the problem I had with Beyond the Black Rainbow is because it got a little bit too convoluted with the characters and a little bit too like it was weird and it was fun, but the thing is, it felt very uh, I wouldn't even say amateurish, but it's like it's definitely a guy experimenting. And what he needed to do was cut the fat and really lean out and just like create something like Mandy and just express himself in a way that... I mean, because the thing is, there is, it's been a while since there's been a visual director. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. last one that was really interesting would probably be... I mean, sad to say, is like the return of like, you know, Mr. Miller himself with Fury Road. Like, oh, that's yeah. a visual director. It's like, it's about seeing. It's about... I mean, like film is a visual element. It's not about just people talking all the time explaining things to each other. Yeah, there's no expo dumps. There's no like yes. moment where someone spends 10 minutes saying, right, dum-dum, this is what's happening. This is the world. This is the rules that have been laid out. It's like, no, if you don't know what's going on, then just sit back and just enjoy it at, you know. Or just watch it again. Yeah, just watch <laughs> it for the skin layer and then like, you know, come back and enjoy like the fat and the meat afterwards once you understand what's going on. And the thing is like, I mean, I've seen this movie twice, right? And the thing is the second time, it actually felt better. Really? Because it's like, when you watch the f- when you watch it the first time, you're just anticipating. But when you know what to expect and then you look forward to it and then you see the thing come back to you, you like look and, it, and then that's when you actually pay attention to the details a little bit more. Yeah. So I mean like, I mean, I enjoyed the toilet scene the second time round. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just that scene of, like, Nicolas Cage wigging out after he recovered. With the vodka, right? Yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, with, 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 with the alcohol and just sitting yeah. on the bowl and trying to cry and not really quite pulling it off in like, a way. He was just doing, like, primal screaming. Yeah. And also, at the same time, it's like, when I saw it the first time, I thought, okay, this is kind of jarring. It kind of, kind of like, you know, it... It diverted my expectations a little bit. The thing is, now that I know that that's gonna happen, so I enjoy it more. So when I watch it, it doesn't feel as jarring. I mean, yeah, I didn't find it jarring the first time around because I thought I would probably react in a very similar manner if that had just happened to me. I would put my pants on first. <laughs> yeah, I would probably. If get you're a man first. who's you know, you get dressed before you decide to, you, yeah. to just like go through a salt fest. Yeah. Also, yeah. how big was that fucking bathroom? Because the way <laughs> that camera zoomed back, it's like this is the most inefficient bathroom I've seen. I mean, like why I bring up the toilet scene, right? Is because I mean I don't know if it's a flaw or a mistake. But you can see the dolly hesitate. Did you? Did any of you catch that? It's like when it tried to zoom in on him. I didn't catch that. I gotta watch it, it again. Stopped, though. went back, and then it zoomed in again. It, it felt <laughs> to me as like, if the camera's afraid of Nicholas Cage. That so, if it yeah. got too close, it just like take a bite out of the lens. And there's or like we're afraid of the space in the bathroom. It might not be as big. Yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> maybe somebody actually tripped on something. No, but yeah, there's the thing. Is like I think it actually works because it's like. I don't know, it kind of like melds with like the headspace that uh, they're trying to convey that Nicolas Cage is in. Yeah, and I mean, you can't fix that digitally. There is, There are ways, but I also kind of think like, you know what, the director, that's the thing, like that is the one scene that is like, it sticks out a little bit for me because it's like, that's the best take that you're going <laughs> to use. And it has like a dolly flub. Well, I uh, think maybe right. uh, Nick Cage said, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> like, I'm not crying with my underwear on. At least pure me, I'm not doing that again. I mean, like, you know what? At least I gotta wear a bear suit before I cry. 
<laughs> and punch a child. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just want to be in the room on that day to see the direction. Like, what did he tell Nicolas Cage to do? Okay, first you smash the mirror, then you sit down, you take a swig, and cry. And it's like, alright. But also at the same time, like, that's why I'm really looking forward to like owning the Blu-ray. Because, please... Be- behind the scenes and outtakes is are there other takes that we, we need more scenes I need more information this movie is fascinating I would love to see <laughs> the commentary commentary yo yeah the commentary would be fun he would be so high I just guarantee <laughs> it no the thing is Nicholas Cage commentaries except for Wicker Man mm-hmm. I've heard a few of them he actually does put some of his process down and it's fascinating to hear that you know what like for a lot of people it's just basically him wigging out and just going full Nicolas Cage but he does put thought into his performances which will yeah. kind of make you think like these are choices this, yeah, yeah he's a he's a good actor this is method to the, this is method to the madness I mean there is a structure in your head that's, uh, that comes out of this conclusion before you start improvising when you act I guess I guess so, I mean, but the strange thing is, right, it also kind of feels like he's not improvising. He's probably going to do that, do it that way again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> true that, true that, but yeah. At the same time, I mean, uh, so... I to, to, to study Nicolas Cage's way of acting is to invite suicide, basically. It's... I you would, cannot understand it, you cannot comprehend it. You just have to roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> like like, like the, that community episode. People will have it's to go like for like uh, reconstructive throat therapy after like week five. No, dude, you'll be pulling your hair out every day. How do you think you got his hairline, bro? <laughs> like just very strategically pulling his hair out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, right, I hate to say this, right, because the thing is, right, I, I did mention that, uh, like, you know, Mandy does have very uh, pretty eyes. But Nicolas Cage, I think, hands down, just above Steve Buscemi, has the craziest eyes in Hollywood. Oh yeah, especially, <laughs> especially when he yeah. grins. Like, I have to say, this movie has the best last shot. Of just him in the car looking... With a huge <laughs> shit-eating grin. <laughs> Covered in blood and gore, looking at the ghost of his girlfriend. Yeah, and like, I was, I mission was both, accomplished. I was both laughing my ass off and terrified <laughs> in equal measure. That's yeah, that that frame, dude. That is my screensaver from now on. <laughs> just Nicholas Cage driving it's a, away. It's a, it's a nice motivation poster. You just gotta think of the correct I text wanna, for like, it. Put that like in the mirror of my car as I'm driving along. <laughs> so when someone looks over. Okay, so let's let's wrap up this madness, boys. Final thoughts on Mandy. This Yay. is a perfect ten. This is a perfect ten for you. It's a perfect ten. I've never given a perfect ten. This is a nine though. This is a nine upon ten in just sheer lunacy, delivery, and uh, just putting all these elements together. Yeah, sometimes the best things in life are the simple things. Simple pleasures. Yes. W- yeah, yeah. Simple pleasures in life. I would not call Mandy I'm, a simple pleasure. Like, yeah. remember, this is a movie where a guy decides to release his tiger because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even talk about the tiger because <laughs> the crazy man looked at him how can we forget jeez that's the most <laughs> there's a tiger in this movie and it's gorgeous <laughs> it's just there to say look I can afford CGI yeah yeah all I'm saying is a simple premise can go a long way and this went a very Absolutely. long way Definitely. you know what I mean, I'm going to call the it... The best This, guy is, this movie, is definitely yeah. my film of the year until something else comes along and pops it. Yeah, this is uh, my movie of the year as well. Yeah, this is taken Annihilation down a peg for me. <laughs> like, shorter... I don't know. Um, I love this film. I'll give it a 9. But I need to probably watch more other films in the next few months or two months. I don't know. What, else I, what is coming down the horizon that would probably... I mean, I'm still trying... I'm keeping Annihilation and maybe Hereditary on the consideration. Hereditary too. definitely is in my top five. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like... I mean, this has been a pretty decent year for horror and like you know blood fests so uh, on that segue <laughs> we're gonna talk about the well the, the, the stabby stabby adventures adventures of good old Michael Myers time stabby adventures of Michael Myers the 40 years yeah. too late sequel that nobody asked for but you know what it's here and we need to talk and about it yeah bec- Halloween yes yeah. because I guess they needed to make uh, Louis Strode the next Linda Hamilton uh, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Okay, so like, let's not go straight into the flaws of this movie. Uh, okay, maybe a little bit of context. Uh, so Halloween is the 40 Years Too Late sequel that decides to retcon every other Halloween sequel that came before it, even the second one, which uh, actually was a pretty decent sequel to the first one. 
Yeah, yeah. Despite the fact that it was actually kind of rushed, I appreciated some bits here and there, like the, the, the killings in the hospital. Too? Yeah, Halloween too. The one in the hospital, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, okay, that movie was definitely made to cash in on the the slasher craze that the first Halloween had created. And yeah, Halloween just it was a landmark film because again Dude, created that new thing it is. based off and you know it holds based off up Har- to this day. Stuff. Like, I didn't watch the original Halloween until this week, mm-hmm. and oh my god, is it still a gorgeous movie? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously the effects are a little bit dated, but you know that's unfair to you know nitpick. I mean, the yeah, thing is- I mean, shots and framing and everything; these things last forever. And the yeah. first Halloween did that in strokes. Yeah, like, it's you know the the cinematography is fantastic. The music is astounding. The dialogue is perfect for what it needs to be. Even for PJ Souls character, constantly saying totally. Yeah. <laughs> Did that annoy you? <laughs> Look, I've known teenage girls. Oh, really? Like, Nobody it, says totally anymore. It's no, not they the say 70s. like. Oh, yeah, like. We all say like. Yeah, it's like, like. totally. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a movie thing. That would be know, the equivalent. But yeah, it. it's, it's a product of its time. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, written beautifully by Miss Deborah Hill, okay, then girlfriend of uh, Mr. John Carpenter, who. This is his, wait, this is third movie, right? If I'm not mistaken. The first one yeah. was Dark Star, then Assault on Precinct, uh, Precinct 13, then this one. Yeah. Okay, and the thing is, like, this was okay. Like, I mean, we cannot talk about the Halloween sequel without a little bit of subtext with the original Halloween and like the fact that we're all three. Okay, we're all definitely fans of the original one, and yeah. we're all very much culturally aware of where it stands in the pantheon of horror. Yeah, like, and even... some of us are even fans of the craziness that happened. I mean, we've got Halloween three, which actually had Jack all to do with the Michael Myers bit. Okay, but like, but... I think for the purpose of this podcast, let's just skip. Everything after we'll do like the 2018 movie does and pretend they don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure, <laughs> enough. fair enough. The fair word enough. is definitely yeah. I mean, um, but okay. I mean, you just recently seen uh, saw Halloween, uh-huh. Tom. So I mean, what do you think about the gore in Halloween? Well, I mean, it's not particularly gory, and what you mean the original or the yeah the original original yeah it's not particularly gory, but. You know, like even the original Texas Chainsaw, which came out in '74, yep. was not especially gory. Yeah, and you know, the it's called the Ch- Chainsaw Massacre. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I wasn't necessarily disappointed by that. Like, I was more focused on the fact that, in terms of like just tension ratcheting, this is you know a masterclass in how to make you feel super uncomfortable. Just like watching, basically, like. You know, jaws, but the water's gone, so you can still like see the sharks circling, but the person who's gonna get eaten doesn't see it. I think, like, especially for our Last King fans, it's important to also kind of address the fact that how monumental the first Halloween was in the terms of that. For the first time, like, you have to understand that before Halloween, like, nothing else was set in the suburbs. Mm. For the first time, they brought the horror close to your home because before that, we had more supernatural fare. I mean, like, if you want to talk about, like, say, classic horror movies, like. Uh, maybe Psycho. You had to go to the Bates Motel. Yeah, which was like yeah, in the yeah. middle of absolutely nowhere. You know, which is why it works. Yeah, and when you talk about the Chainsaw Massacre, or or stuff like Suspiria, where it's like a ballet academy. Yeah, definitely. You know, right, I mean, yeah. but I think the Italian Giallo would happen after Halloween, or was it? No, it was before. Yeah, definitely. Like Mario Bava was a huge influence on John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. And also at the same time, it's like the the genius that is Halloween is because it sets up the world so realistically that when the danger does arrive. You do feel the, the the threat, and you do feel the tension. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I totally respect the fact that I mean, John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, and the cast. I mean, the cast even had to chip in and carry lights. It Which was that small of a budget. It was, I think, thirty thousand or like three hundred thousand. I think, like, yeah, barely. It, Which is not a lot, even in back in nineteen seventy eight. Back in those days, this movie for for like under half a million, and it made what seventy two million the first week. Like it's the kind of budget which makes Jason Blum go like, "Ooh, that's a bit tight, lads." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the kind of budget that makes Roger Corman like, "I think you could have cut down here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, and also the fact like, I mean, why I brought up the gore is like, Halloween doesn't have a single drop of blood anywhere. You do see stabbing, but it's all done. Um, you see like the strawberry jam afterwards. None. Well, you know, when uh, Judith Myers gets it was the action and the, and the and the stabbing. Yeah, what I'm saying is that you don't see the knife the actually stab anyone. Yeah, yeah, Same yeah. as in the original yeah. cycle. Like whereas, 
now we have this Halloween and it is much aware of what has come before it. Mm-hmm. Because you can't release a bloodless horror slasher movie in in the wake of movies like the Saw series, for yeah. example. Yeah. Where like there is a very specific taste you need to cater to. Or even before yeah. then, like Torture Friday Point. the 13th yeah. has existed. Friday the 13th, yeah, which was a reaction to Halloween where they decided to up the gore. And which is also, I would say, the... I think that would be that yardstick for its downfall where like you know then it just became all about ratcheting up the violence instead of and just trying to one up each film yeah. despite I how mean, absurd it, it can get it came to a point where like most slasher movies like by the time you reach part 5 it's just like a roller coaster. you're laughing along and you're yeah. just looking forward yeah. to people getting killed and you didn't mind that Jason went to Manhattan for some reason sure yeah, when he punched that guy's head off cool and they stopped trying <laughs> to like make likeable characters because like they're gonna die anyway so we're just gonna cast yeah. like assholes l- literal like co-eds and say you know, we'll pay you in beer and weed money and then... Just you know. get stabbed and show your titties. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, I mean, okay, so one thing I also want to bring up is the fact that um, the original Halloween gave us, you know, the, the true Scream Queen in a character that you felt was defenseless. She was the archetype, the, the archetypal, like, this is the, the lone virgin who does survive, which is a trope that has been carried on to this very day. Yeah. Okay, so, like, I mean, why I'm bringing up all these points is, like, this new movie decides to take all those things and kind of turn it on its head but not so yeah you know what I mean because the thing is like I mean okay let's just go straight into the review for the new Halloween movie I liked it but I was disappointed at how lackluster its attempt was to try and I would say you know rethink continuity and start something new yeah like there were moments of real brilliance like almost on par with what was achieved in the original Halloween but for every moment where I thought this is fantastic there were four moments where I was like okay so you're adding this because it's happened before or because you know that's what gets the kids screaming these days yeah definitely and also at the same time it's like it does I mean one thing that I've mentioned a few times in the podcast I hate it when it decides to be so self-referential oh yeah because it just it feels so much like oh god it's like you're literally taking another movie using that as a template and you're hoping that you can resell it back to us mm-hmm. and the thing is is like I mean especially with the kind of fandom nowadays where like oh you need to see the Millennium Falcon or else it's not really a Star Wars you know what I mean yeah. it's like we don't really need to for you to redo shots or to like you know put your own spin on it at the same time it's nice to homage but if you do it once that's fine yeah. You know, just like a, a nice brief mention, like the, that line where, oh, you're the new Dr. Loomis, that would, that's all the reference we needed. Yeah. You know, whereas this yeah. this one, it literally reuses shots, scenes, and fake outs. Like, yeah, yeah, like, this was at the second half of the film. But the first half, the first half actually had a bit of promise where, okay, you got these bloggers coming down, you're gonna restart the whole 40 year thing. Were they bloggers or journalists? They were, they were podcasters. Oh, uh, podcasters, sorry, podcasters. Did they yeah, say they podcasters? podcasters? Yeah. No, I said bloggers, sorry. You, because I'm not podcasters. too confirmed on what their actual status well, is. Let's just say, like, they say they're podcasters, but I doubt that, you know, speaking as podcasters ourselves, like, yeah. fuck would I have $3,000 just on hand to pay <laughs> someone to tell me something. Wow. It be a really successful podcast. <laughs> the, well, hey, the, the Patreon serial, page has a lot. Serial is successful, but that's because it's tied to uh, NPR. Mm, there you go. So who's funding them, huh? I wonder. So yeah, I mean, like the the, the the point is like these guys are just there to antagonize Mike My- Mike Myers. I keep saying Mike Myers, Michael Myers. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. and they're adding <laughs> to the kill count more or less. You need the trigger to yeah. Get you, you need that, that catalyst. You need that impetus for Michael Myers to begin his rampage. And of course, you have to, you have to get the most annoying people ever. And basically, if a guy doesn't want to say anything, stop. You know, poking him with a stick and asking him to say something. Especially a yes. known serial killer. <laughs> it's like talk, <laughs> yeah. talk, talk. It's like. Dude, like the he's other gonna, he's gonna remember that yeah. are getting upset. <laughs> Take it as a cue. <laughs> Bloody hell. And also at the same time, that's also the moment I realized like, okay, this is the kind of movie that like oh, it has something to say. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then th- that's the thing, is like it becomes the kind of movie where then me as like a fan of like you know the genre, like slashes and horrors, right? And then when I look at something like that very early in the film, that's when I cross my arms and it's like, okay, what do you got? If you want to impress, you better do something right now because it seems that you are definitely, you know, you're on an Apple box right here. It's trying to address uh, social issues that are happening today in a very ham-fisted way. What do you mean? In terms of stuff like uh, 
mental uh, abuse, uh, trauma, mm. you know, like, you know, how long do you cling to being a victim and when do you need to, you know, let that go so you can live your life? Because if you insist on being a victim the rest of your life, that, you know, screws over your relationship with everything else, which was what they were trying to do with um, Laurie, Laurie Strode. Strode and her daughter. Daughter yeah. and her granddaughter. Yeah. But the thing is that they were inconsistent in how they showed her trauma. Like, the yeah, worst part was in the din the dining scene where she sits down, sobs, and then becomes a hard-ass within seconds. It felt like it was a part where the script wasn't quite ready and they said, oh, just improvise this scene. And no one was particularly happy and they just left it in because they had nothing else to do. I wouldn't say it was improvised, but I would say like there was probably a few takes or a few... I mean, there were definitely a lot of directional missteps, yeah. I felt, especially when it came to character development. And also at the same time, like there was, I mean, what I want to also kind of focus on is the fact that Halloween 2018 is trying to like um, flip like your view on certain tropes, mm -hmm. but it still retains so many other tropes. Like, it's, it's still comfortable. It is like it's past it, whatever the first Halloween yeah, it's, did. Yeah, it felt like yeah. this movie was made with a safety net. They, they felt like as long as we hit all these like checkboxes, that like, we'll be fine. Yeah, if you look up half fast in a dictionary, they would just put like C Halloween 2018. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's very half fast affair. I mean, but I did mention I liked it early in the show in the podcast. I mean, okay, I mean, I'll bring that up later. But I mean, let's go with like the story the direction has decided to take because it does retcon everything after the first Halloween. So it's basically going to tack itself on as we are now the, the new Halloween part 2 called Halloween. So it's Halloween, then Halloween, then alternate universe Halloween 2, 3, 4. <laughs> and then the, you know, Earth 52 version, which is Halloween. H2O. Halloween's. And then like the Rob Zombie, you know, the dark universe H2O. <laughs> but okay, so... Um, in terms of where it takes the characters, like uh, Mr. Toffee, what do you think of the, what do you call the evolution of Laurie Strode now? I think this actually does make sense for the character. Like either you either be a simpering, uh, a simpering crazed person in a mental ward, or you just become so paranoid to the point where you kind of have to protect yourself and take all this baggage and put it onto your daughters and your granddaughters and whatnot. And, I don't know, I felt that this was actually a not bad portrayal of Laurie Strode post-Halloween because it could go to one direction or the other. And given, okay, even though it basically just makes her into a sort of one version of Linda Hamilton or yeah, Sarah yeah, Connor. Yeah, it's a Sarah Connor ripoff, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I'm okay with it. I mean, as long as I get to see some So you didn't really mind the, the, the change in Laurie Strode's character? Not really, actually. I mean, sure, I mean, if it went the other way, I would appreciate a bit more where basically went a bit mental and all that but this other path uh, I, I kind of dig it actually that was probably the more entertaining thing between the standoffs and how she's actually affecting her old family because of this stuff that's happening you know because she cannot let go of what goes on and it turns out that she's right <laughs> the thing is is that if she was unchanged in personality from the original mm -hmm. that would be unbelievable because, because the thing is yeah they've done it her, already but also yeah. her two of her best friends Right, were killed and she had to like literally see their corpses. Mm -hmm. Like, you, no human walked away from that unscathed. Yeah. Unless they're already fucked up to begin with. So, mm -hmm. it is believable that she would change. And I think becoming a survivalist is something that is believable. Especially if, you know, you know that he escaped from a mental uh, ward the first time. You would immediately like never trust that kind of institution ever again. So, But believable... I mean, I agree with both of you that, you know, when it comes to like flipping the script and like doing something different, I appreciate what they do with Laurie Strode. But maybe what I want to ask again is, was it executed well? It's more like a half-half for me. Like, sure, I see the intentions there, but at the same time... You don't think they pull it off, right? The thing is... Not really. Like, you buy it, but at the same time, you don't really... Like, why would you do this? And where's the payoff for having her do this? Like, mm -hmm. were it not for Jamie Lee Curtis acting her ass off and owning the character that mm. she should she does it would not have been believable whatsoever she brought the hair back I appreciated that a lot like yeah. she got the old Laurie Strode hair like, yeah wow. although yes. I was kind of disappointed I wanted the close cut hair that she has right now really? because I mean if you're going full on survival that makes more sense because you know long hair which you don't tie it back is gonna get in the way yeah too, so, like, too Sarah Connor but then again yeah. maybe they were also thinking nah we can't cut her hair too ripply 
<laughs> Let's go for the Sarah like Connor look. Pixie yeah. cut, which is what Curtis has right now. True that. And she looks really good in it. She does. Dude, Jamie Lee Curtis, mm, that's my silver fox. She, she has aged well. She has aged well? Hey, yeah. that's what royalty does to you. <laughs> <laughs> she's literally married into royalty. Yeah. Well, she is the son of uh, Tony Curtis. And her husband is uh, like the Earl of something or other in the UK. Well, you know what? She doesn't need to do this ever she's, again. She is yeah. Dame Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. And her son plays Street Fighter. Another conversation for that. Yes, day. yeah, another time. Another so, time. but, yeah. okay, now, Laurie Strode aside, let's talk about the new uh, updated Michael Myers. What are your thoughts? He does what he does. He's still the MC. That's pretty much it. Like the force of the nature. I enjoy come. seeing him doing the kills and just doing what he does best. But at the same time, is it is that really is that really hard to? Is it really easy to deviate from such a character trope? I mean, you know he's gonna be hiding at the corner. You know he's gonna be somewhere in the shot if you look hard enough in the dark through the blackness of the night. No, and but the I mean, I'm not talking about like his inclusion in the shots. I'm talking about like okay, him as a character isn't an evolution. Is it like you know? What was the same thing actually? It's, it's, to be it's honest, exactly the same thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like the only thing different is that his hair's grey now. Yeah, and you can sort of see his face a little bit. Kind of, sort of well, see. Well, kind of like he kind of saw saw his face in the first movie. But I do. I mean, yeah, the reason why they show you p- parts of his face is to show, like, oh, remember that time he got stabbed in the the face with the coat hanger? Yeah. yeah. There's the scar right there. So it's like, okay, so it is, you know, tacked onto the first movie. I mean, I would say this right. Um, in terms of evolution, it is nice to see Michael Myers terrifying again yeah because it's like after part 2 like okay so let's skip part 3 but like every other of the other Halloween movies like the Rob Zombie one felt like okay it was a good portrayal of Michael Myers but there was something trying to humanize him in a way yeah but the problem is when you humanize him he becomes less of scary scary because you just when you start to add sympathy to a character like, I mean, I made the, the argument with something like Darth Vader. If we didn't see him as the emo, whiny bitch he was as a teenager, he would be full-on terrifying. And the thing is, I love the fact that, I mean, that's what I appreciate about retconning this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Was basically, let's remove all the connections with uh, Laurie Strode. Like, okay, they're not brother-sister anymore. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I like how they dismiss it in the movie as well. Yeah, and also at the same time, it's just like you know what? Let's not have any goofy fights with Buster Rhymes anymore. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let's just like have as entertaining as it was. Let, let's like you know as entertaining as it was, but let's return him back. You know, let's step away from the self-parody and return him to what he truly is, which is like you know a force of nature a force of evil. that you cannot stop, and it's like you know this unrelenting like will of like you know madness and psychosis. Yeah. They didn't even need a Dr. Loomis saying he's evil like, yeah we get it <laughs> yeah we, we, we know, we know. Uh, and that's what I loved about this version of Michael Myers it's like it's been a while since he was full on terrifying and like I mean I would want to bring up the fact I mean bring up the, the, that moment where he is unleashed upon the neighbourhood and you see him do the walk through the houses yeah, yeah and he's seeing people just because they're just because him. You know, or at the same time he just felt like it yeah it's like he walks into a house and goes been what, half an hour. Time for an action beat. Like, <laughs> he, right. He just like picks up a hammer and goes, "Yeah, all right." Smack, smack. And like, knife. Okay. I mean, Michael Myers, improviser. And I would say this right. That 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 was like full on like that's the most video gamey thing ever because he gets a better power up <laughs> every time he does a kill. Actually, like hammer and, and then knife. Where I'm indecisive about which weapon I want. So it's yeah. like it's like playing a uh, Left 4 Dead two. I'll take like, the hammer for now. Like, hammer yeah. katana hammer katana. Uh. <laughs> it's like oh, here's a knife. Ooh, an even bigger kitchen knife. Like well, just watching him like slowly. Here's a chainsaw. Here's a samurai whip. Oh wait, no, that's Pulp Fiction. I just though. like it when you when your killers keep it simple. You, you know? know, I mean, yeah. And the thing is, okay, I mean, uh, Michael Myers is not the kind of character who is known for creative kills I mean he is brutal he is blunt yeah, I mean he had some creative stuff in the movies which don't exist yep <laughs> as of now yeah. <laughs> yeah. the expanded universe has been cancelled he's definitely no Jason who remember, oh, of course not picks yeah, up yeah. its teen and slams him against a tree in their, their sleeping bag her slams her against her, a tree her, same her. thing <laughs> what <laughs> anyway no, I mean uh, no he ain't no Freddy you know, who turns into a television and like puts you through the screen. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But, but he keeps it simple. He keeps know? it simple. He stalks through the night. You know what? Good ninja He and is all very and effective and efficient in his uh, dispatching yeah. of Wait, people. he is efficient as all hell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, like, best kill. Let's all agree. The curb stomp, right? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the most the satisfying thing I've seen. Like oh, also because crap. like you kind of wanted that character to die already, so it's kind of like because he had the worst motivation. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's like I like Michael Myers so much. And again, <laughs> like it was study a his life. where that role you would expect to be filled by like a Harley Quinn character. Maybe. Like someone who would fall in love, kind of, with uh, the monster. Yeah, but, but there's that line he delivers. So this is how it feels like. It's like, oh god, that was so like he dumb. like kind of yeah. orgasm when he touched the mask at one point. Yeah, I and think. then he puts it on and takes it off again. So, well, so what was the point of that? Well, yeah. I would have given the movie mad props if the finale was him being Michael Myers rather than Michael Myers coming back to life again. They already did it in the Jason movies. Oh yeah. So you you oh, don't yeah, you don't became... you don't want to rip off. No, it's when the Corey Feldman character, Little Boy, takes the mantle. Oh. Oh no, the other driver was part five. Part five, which is technically not a Jason movie, yeah. which is basically the Halloween three of the Friday the Thirteenth yeah, series. There we go. There we go. <laughs> anyway, so You're making all these connections in the horror films. I mean, like, Ooh. okay, do you guys want to talk about the side characters? Uh, I mean, they they were there. They were there. I mean, yeah. we needed fodder for the blades. Yeah, we need to at least give them as. I mean, we did give them a bit of not so much a backstory, more like okay, here's some text for your character roll with it and see how long you last before you die thing is <laughs> I love that I only liked one of them which one the little black kid <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, fuck that little black kid there's a man <laughs> in my room why am I why no don't send her send Dave don't go Dave, Dave go. you're gonna die you're gonna die <laughs> I can't imagine that kid like in the Chris Rock voice. You gotta die. You gotta die. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but that's a very David Gordon Green thing. You know what I mean? Like he has no. these moments. I mean, like it was that, and then the two cops in the car. Oh yeah, just yeah. having a conversation. And then it's like basically like, oh, what are you have? What are you eating? Oh, I'm having this brownie. That's a that's a that's food for a five year old. It's like, huh? <laughs> Where, where is this like, going? Why is this a conversation? I guess to humanize him before they get their faces pulled apart. <laughs> and one becomes yeah. a fucking jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> yes. Like, that was kind of satisfying. That was yeah, nice. that was a nice surprise. That was you extremely know. satisfying. Oh yeah, by the way, Last King fans, I'm sorry. This movie just came out. Spoilers are plenty. Uh, yeah, I mean, sorry for spoiling probably the most predictable genre in uh, movies. True that. I mean, wait, no. There's only one slasher film that had the best twist. Which one? Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. Yes, camp I remember has, that. I'm not gonna even say anything, but you yeah. will love. Just, just watch it for yourself. Just Tom, watch it. Seen it. It's a slasher, but no context. Just watch it and then let that, let let that ending happen. Okay. I would say that. I mean, the worst one would probably be what's that one? Night of the Demons, where it was a dream all along. <laughs> like, oh, Night of the Demons. I didn't watch. I didn't watch that. Or was it? I, it's just basically people in a in a in a so-called haunted house, and it turns out that all the kills were actually like special effects. Or Jeez. something. I don't remember. It was known as how Twilight ends. Yeah, let's not digress too much. Well, like how Twilight ends. No, like you, you know the trailer where there's like the huge battle in the last Twilight movie. Yes. That yeah. was literally a vision stuck in um, Michael Sheen's head. You know what? I'm very <laughs> proud to say, never seen a single one of those. <laughs> and neither have I. I read about this later. Why did you this bring is, it up? How dare you stuff on this podcast with Twilight? It's stuck in my mind, and I'm gonna bring you all down with me. Now you have to God think about it. God damn you, Tom! God damn you! you know, we should like a fucking Shopee advert. We should what? Oh, oh, Shopee, peep, peep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing something annoying to Singaporeans to the rest of the world, Tom. Anyway, yeah, I mean. You know what? This is gonna be the month of horror for the Last King here. We're gonna see like spend the. This is the the kickoff. We're gonna start with the Halloween movies. Yes, let's do a Twilight episode, Tom. With that, sit. <laughs> I would like your thirst for stu- like. I would rather shove a cactus up my ass than <laughs> with AIDS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to make a really bad segue. I stopped myself. Speaking of bad segues, Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so Mr. Toffee. We have to talk about it. How do you rate the kills in this one? I'd say it's definitely... I mean, what it lacks in creativity and surprise, it makes up for it in... Hey, I get to see a jack-o'-lantern on a human's head. You don't see that that often. <laughs> it's, 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 it's good, buddy. It's That's good more like interior decor after <laughs> the fact. Like, you know, like how you don't actually need to show off like whether this dude can take down Michael Myers. We don't need to. We know he's a freaking force of nature. So I like how it jump cuts to a dead teenager. It jumps cut to dead policeman. Like, we know what's going to happen anyway. Like, At least it cut through the We don't need to show the 50th person fail to take on Michael Myers. Yeah, because we know he's going to fail. So, <laughs> Unless I mean, like, your name... 
Unless your name ends with Strode, right? So, so like, how about this? Uh, so, we all agree, best death is definitely the Kurt Stomp. What would be your second yes. best favorite death? Uh, mine is uh, Mr. Nice Guy getting his uh, chin impaled on the oh, fence. Fr- uh, Mr. Oh, friend Zone. on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> friend Zone on the fence. How about you, Mr. Toffee? Yeah. Uh, I'd say not really a kill. Just more. I, li- I still like the interior decoration bit. I wanted the police. <laughs> Where car. he turns the policeman's head into a jackal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying that was cool. It is, it's, I got. I like the red in that one. Really lovely stuff. My yeah. f- my favorite is when the dad gets it. Oh. Oh. I, mean, yeah. I was like, yeah. yep. He was like, dumbass. This is a fortress. Why did you step outside? Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you kind of deserve that, actually. A, <laughs> Think about adult, it. In an adult body, it's like hey. he's the most irresponsible fucking parent I've uh, seen on TV. I mean, there's one thing I want to say that it flipped it on its head. It's like, oh, f- for the first time, it's it's a dumb guy. <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. than a dumb woman. You know, re- re- no, I'm not saying rather the dumb woman. Rather like, like usually the guy will be like, oh, we let's all stick together or like whatever. Like he's the guy who'll be like, let's split up. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> and his and he. he he steps outside and it's just like I mean what I enjoy about a lot of slasher movies is like seeing the one who is you know besieged with pride get taken down a peg usually by a machete yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like watching the dad die I was like you know what yeah that, that character annoyed me enough he deserved it the character <laughs> yeah you kind of brought it upon yourself the character yeah. that annoyed me the most didn't die which was yeah. the boyfriend the boyfriend which he, uh, who kissed the other girl at the, the, the dance right yeah I mean yeah. the thing is he was mildly irritating for most of the movie and then out of the blue becomes an absolute jackass mm-hmm. purely because they need to get her out of the dance I mean he did explain that it was alcohol baby yeah, was just like, but yeah he was basically a plot contrivance to push the, 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 the daughter out of that safe surroundings of all these people and back onto the streets like, and it didn't have a lot of common decency to you know have his Accent. head taken yeah. off or something you know what if I had to redo this movie I would definitely have him chase after her to apologize only to discover Michael Myers first yeah. And then get his... Yeah. Run face first into the machete. Dick first. Ooh, yeah. That yeah. would be... We haven't had a good... Poetic justice. We, would, we haven't had a good uh, blade to dick kill since... Uh, I think definitely Friday the 13th part 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need more gentle mutilation in this slasher films. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've seen a few in the Saw films. Well, we haven't, right? There's very few... Uh, we, we've seen one in the WhatsApp of Piranha. One of the animal three. films. <laughs> When it literally like pops out of his trousers, and they cut to it and they show it, right? Yeah. Oh god. Thanks, Tom, for bringing that image back into my head. So you know what? Uh, I mean, let's all just simply say, like Halloween does, it has ambitions, but it doesn't try hard enough. Yeah. Thing is, like, I feel like it was at its most inventive and interesting during the garage scene, like when uh, the podcasters are refilling the car, mm. and he's just. We see him in the background just like pull up and just start killing everyone around him. And he's there just yeah. to get his mask back and kill the two podcasters who pissed him off in their mental asylum. Well, he needs to get back into character. And what better way to get mechanic dungarees or overalls or coveralls? I'm not sure what that one piece suit is. The yeah. slipknot outfit? The slipknot <laughs> outfit, yeah. I don't know what you call that. Coveralls? Over- or what? Overalls, overalls. Yeah, now, overalls is overalls. basically you have like the straps, right? Sling, yeah. Oh, well, those are dungarees. Never mind. Jumpsuit, maybe. The jumpsuit. Yeah, I mean, there I mean, you go. Michael gotta get his groove back. He gotta get his jumpsuit, and he got his yeah. get his mask back. And good thing that the movie established that the mask is with the guys in the car that he happens to be walking past at that very nice coincidental moment. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. hey, I mean, it was nice to see like we get an idea of like what Michael would think is a gift <laughs> when he gives the woman just teeth. Yes. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that's why he killed like you didn't like my gift well fuck you then <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ask you out you know that's why I'm banging on this door so hard see nice guys always finish last as he's strangling her no, no nice guys finish last as he barges into the restroom to protect her with a crowbar only to have his face smashed against the door several times Ooh, that was <laughs> yeah. satisfying that was satisfying watching other podcasters go down yeah and also <laughs> yeah there was like a nice bit of like extra kind of uh, impact the fact that he didn't die immediately he lived long enough to see her to die, see her getting strangled yeah mm. also I like the aftermath shots like the part where the mechanics joys like literally like, split apart yeah. I, I appreciate oh, yeah, that when the lot. camera pans down yeah yeah that was good or even was. like that shot where the remember the, the the little annoying redneck kid with his BB gun decides to check out the bus and he sees a guy with his head turned all the way around oh yeah <laughs> you know and he, yeah. and he shoots the professor in the chest don't shoot bang <laughs> mm-hmm <laughs> You learned your lesson. 
I so, kind of felt bad for that kid. No, I enjoyed it. Dance class, you deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> nah, Dad, I'm not interested in hunting or fishing. I want to go to dance class. Dance is my thing. It's like... Yeah, he's what happens when you don't like, learn when, enough and, and hunting thing, skills. Like, all, these, all these characters, when you see them get set up and you think, yeah, this one's gonna die. Yeah. And when you see them die, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think I'm still not used to seeing kids die in media. Really? I, I don't know why. I think it's because like, I'm not big into horror stuff, so it's still like unexpected when it happens. Mm, okay, Because I'm used to like the Jurassic Park rule. Which is, don't kill the kids. Yeah. And it usually used to be, don't kill the women or the kids. Or the dog. I guess if you're R-rated, you can go all the way. Honestly, oh, yeah. I mean, it's R, right? Yeah. So you know what? Some of my favorite Holly, uh, some of my favorite ho- horror movies have kid kills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. The Blob had a good kid kill. Itchy the yep. Killer had a good kid kill. Hereditary. Krampus had a good kid kill. Oh, Krampus! Yes, Krampus. <laughs> Krampus is good. <laughs> So it's, it's anyway, it's I mean, okay, you know what? Let's really wrap this up. Okay, we've been going on this for a bit. So, uh, boys, yeah. what do you think? Halloween 2018, yay or nay? Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say it's yay, but, you know, approach this with, I won't say an open mind. I'd say approach this knowing the fact that, hey, you're going to retcon and you're going to have to follow some certain tropes and follow some certain uh, trappings of whatever Blumhouse film passes for these days. But at the same time, I did not hate this film at all. I mean, I would say disappointed that A, it's not really the most innovative use of a uh, Halloween franchise. But at the same time, I didn't I didn't hate it that much. I, I actually enjoyed the kills. I enjoyed Laurie's, you know, progress. I mean, Laurie being what she was and, you know, putting that on the family. And at least Michael Myers, he may not be the, he may be the exact same guy in the first film. But at the same time, that's what we live him for. He just does his job really well. What about you, Mr. Tom? Well, I mean, there's some things which we didn't touch upon, which I wish we did. Kind of like how I felt like Judy Greer's character was utterly pointless. A lot of the characters are utterly pointless. Yeah. I mean, Especially like, if they don't get killed. Like 50% of the characters could have been excised. Like some were there just because. Like Officer Hawkins, like, there was no need to bring him back. He needed work. <laughs> I yep. guess so. And he need to get killed, yeah. <laughs> so. Or like we need to say, hey, remember when he was in this movie? He was the deputy who found her. Yeah, we know. We saw the first one. <laughs> like, I mean, thank God they don't have Disney money. Otherwise, we would have seen like the weird CGI version of uh, Donald Pleasant. <laughs> Back oh, from the dead in the worst way possible. Dare give them that idea. Uh. <laughs> but I mean, I it's the parts which are good, the parts which are not good. Balance. I don't know. It really depends on how much you enjoy the Halloween franchise, how much you enjoy slasher movies. If you just watch something with visceral uh, kills, this movie has it. If you want something which tries a bit harder, we're going to have to keep waiting, I suppose. So I think this is, like, what, four and a half? For you? Yeah. Four and a half? Well, as for me, it's not ever going to beat the original. Of course not. I mean, nothing can. But also at the same time... It is one of the better sequels, which isn't saying much, yeah. especially when it comes to the, the slasher genre. It does enough interesting things to at least step out of the shadow, but the problem is it hasn't. It, yeah, it, it kind of went back after it that. It is still, like, the shadow that is the first Halloween movie is so immense that it would take a real imaginative mind, a, a real creative direction you, you, you got to do a lot more than just checkbox things yeah. and like self-reference. You, ha- you have to do something like, you know, like, I would say like, yeah, that, that Evil Dead remake, do that. Make it your yeah, own. Yeah, that, that would be a good template yeah, on how to do a reboot. Don't bring back anybody from the original. Just, you know, have a new bunch of characters. Similar scenario or similar theme or similar, you know, like, you know, plot contrivance where basically, okay, this is what sets it off. Do that, you know, and at the same time, I mean, to me, this yeah, I agree with Tom in his uh, number score. To me, this is like definitely like th- three and a half to four upon ten, where there's yeah. enough for me not to give it a zero <laughs> <laughs> or a two. But it's also at the same time, it's just like the parts I liked are just small. It, it's like the bigger picture still does not satisfy me enough. But I did have fun watching it, so I wouldn't yeah. recommend it. Just watch the original or several other slasher movies that at least do something interesting yeah. like Sleepaway Camp or like The Burning or you know yeah or even yeah especially Sleepaway Camp that's definitely Sleepaway Camp you know, or and if you just want uh, at least a clever twist on the trope 
uh, Kevin in the Woods. Definitely, Kevin in the Woods. Oh, yeah, But yeah, that's not that, a slasher. That's a Kevin in the Woods movie. I mean, yes, I mean, that's why... I it, it's a love letter that, like, to horror films. There's some overlap <laughs> But I agree. Like, that, Kevin in the Woods is the best Evil Dead sequel also. <laughs> that nobody expected. I think I'm, I think I'm a little best, generous uh, with this. Man, I'm yeah. giving it a 6 out of 10. Sorry? You're going to give it a 6 out of 10? No, for myself, yeah, a 6 out of 10. I mean, I'm maybe a little bit generous because it's been ages since I've seen a decent Halloween film or anything remotely using the Michael Myers patented white face. Yeah, but there you go. I kind of don't want to see more sequels. Well, they did kind of... Unfortunately, that's a horror film thing. It's, no, you it's gotta get sequels whether you like right it or now. not. Like, everything is a sequel or like based on something that's happened before. So I would say this, maybe if you need to see something scary and original that, you know, came out this year, Hereditary. Or mm-hmm. uh, Quiet Place. Or Mandy. <laughs> ah, Mandy, yes. Scary. It's not scary, but if, 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 if you want... If you, if you need blood, oh yeah, <laughs> what man? <laughs> it has definitely the best axe kill in a way uh, that I wasn't expecting, and a chainsaw death that yeah, yeah. we all think is kind of cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like literal dick measuring contest with chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> Just when he whips it out and you look at it, of course it's bigger. <laughs> so anyway, okay, so that's been our thoughts on Mandy and also uh, the Halloween uh, retcon slash sequel slash whatever the hell as, we're just calling as it long as retcon, John Carpenter right? keeps getting residuals of this let, let, that man deserves all the money for all the, the effort, for all he's done for us yeah. and hey yeah, props yeah. to Jamie Lee Curtis for now having a title of best opening for female leader over 55 <laughs> <laughs> cool yeah, I mean <laughs> sure yeah. Good for her. Until, until the alien reboot happens with Sigourney Weaver. Oh, yeah. I, oh, that, man. Defi- well, that is definitely down the pipeline because it's now... Yeah. Really there is a fifth alien movie coming out. Like five yes. more alien movies. Oh, wow. He's got yes. a slight case of George Lucas. No, you do not have five movies. Okay, Just because it's in your head doesn't mean they're going to be movies. But anyway, okay, let's uh, wrap this up. Okay, this has been the first of uh, many horror-themed episodes uh, lined up for the last Ooh. game. Uh, tune in next week. We'll be talking about definitely... Uh, Castlevania season Castle 2 fucking Okay, we, we've been looking yeah. forward to this for quite a while oh, absolutely and, uh, and hopefully the House of Haunted Hill House on Haunted Hill which Netflix. also came on Netflix uh, to some you know, there's some critical praise and we're very curious about it I've heard nothing but good things from not just uh, critics but also like, people that I follow so there you go so uh, this has been uh, Shafiq this has been Extreme Tom. and this has been your spooky other host Mr. Toffee signing out 